Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Talkin' Jacks. On today's Talkin' Jacks Extra, I am flying solo. Uh, as you may have heard in all previous episodes, Ben is on vacation. Uh, he is in Atlanta, Georgia, living it up. He is eating and drinking and having a grand old time. Uh, some of you may have seen he, he shaved his beard. Uh, he's, he's just gone crazy down in Atlanta. So it's just me. Uh, I was able to arrange an interview with uh, one of the guys from Golden Goal Nashville, uh, the blog that covers uh, Nashville SC. Uh, and, you, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But just uh, before we get to that, we have some news, some player news. The Independents made two signings this week. Uh, the first was a left back named James Kiffey, uh, and he was signed from uh, Reno 1868 FC. Um, it seems like he only, it looks like he only made seven appearances for them this season. So he wasn't getting a lot of minutes there. Um, and before that he spent several years with Sacramento Republic, uh, which as, as a lot of you know, is one of the more successful clubs in the Western conference. And he was, he was a good player for them. Uh, he had, he, he had a lot of played every single game in their 2017, uh, season. He had, you know, he was named to the all-league second team and was apparently in the running for the defender of the year along with Joel Johnson uh, for the league in 2017. So it seems like we've got a, a, a decent quality player. I don't really know what it means for our other left backs. I don't know if this means that Donnie Smith is going to be done for the year. Um, he's been struggling all season with that groin injury. Um, and I don't know if this means they're shutting him down with us kind of being out of the playoff race or if this means that uh, Sam Vines may be being recalled to Colorado. Uh, I believe they're having a bit of an injury crisis at left back. Um, and, and so, you know, that remains to be seen. There's been no, you know, communication from the club that Sam Vines has been recalled, but a lot of, you know, a lot of the times we don't hear about those until after it's already done. Um, so we'll see this weekend if James Kiffey is lined up, uh, at outside back for us, um, I'd be surprised if, if he gets a start, but you know, where we are in the table, where we are this season, I wouldn't be that surprised either. So, uh, we'll see. He seems like, uh, he, he's 29 years old. So, you know, he's, he's a little bit younger than some of the players we have been signing this year who have been, you know, over 32. So maybe he's still got a couple years left, or maybe this is just a short term contract to, to see at the end of the year. And, and and maybe, you know, we go from there. We'll see. Uh, you know, I'd love, I'd love for him to come in and, and, and dominate and win the job and be a left back that we can count on for next year. But you know, that's, that's far off in the future. And so we'll just see, um, he, if he can have an impact on, uh, on Saturday against Nashville. So moving to the next signing, we also signed on loan, Derek Gebhard. He, he's a center forward, and he played this past season in uh, for Jacksonville Armada in the MPSL. Scored two goals in eleven appearances, or an eleven starts. Excuse me, I'm not sure how many appearances total. Uh, and then pr- in last season in the NASL with Jacksonville, he scored four goals and had four assists across the two seasons: the this fall and the spring season and then also made five appearances in the u.s open cup so it seems like he he got a decent amount of run for them both this year and last year 
He is 22 years old, and uh, one of the things that Coach Jeffries talked about in the release is that uh, he's got a lot of pace. So maybe this is uh, not exactly a one-for-one replacement for Cordell Cato, but it was mentioned that uh, in the release that he can give us what a little bit of that pace that Cato brings uh, out wide just through the middle. Uh, I'll be interested to see if he plays more of a Jaime Siage role because Jaime Siage was kind of our, our pace guy off the bench last season. We could we could put him on against tired defenses, and he could run past people in, in a flash. Uh, and he scored several goals for us. He's scoring a lot of goals this season for Oklahoma City, doing the same thing, um, just beating guys with his pace and with his dribbling ability. So it remains to be seen uh, you know, if he's much of a goal scorer, but he'll at least give us another look, uh, you know, besides Caleb Calvert and, and Zayed. I, you know, just pr- speculating that maybe this means that Zayed's injury is a little bit more serious than, uh, I mean, not really reported because it was, hasn't been reported, but maybe he, he's going to be out for a while. Maybe Cato's not coming back anytime soon, and we just need some more attacking bodies. Uh, he's on loan from USL El Paso, which... Uh, is an expansion team coming to the league next year. So it seems like maybe he'll be on their roster in 2019. Um, and since the MPSL season is over, he, you know, he's got free time. <laughs> uh, and he can he can try to get some professional minutes uh, this, this season. So, you know, that's two signings. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe these are a little too little too late. Or maybe these are desperation because we've had so many injuries i have no idea uh it remains to be seen so I, you know he, the, the, these guys could both start on saturday uh or they could you know not even be in the 18 it'll it just remains to be seen um but it, it's encouraging that the team's not uh just kind of throwing their hands up after the the loss to north carolina last week they're not giving up they're they're still making moves uh whether their moves for the future, uh, in the case of maybe Kiffy, or if they're uh, just you know moves to get us by through the end of the season, um, in the case of of Gebhard, but uh, you know regardless, it's it's good to see the team is still uh, at least on the surface trying to fight out the rest of the season. So with all that uh, being said, I'll go ahead and get to this interview. Uh, I was joined by a member of Golden Goal, and we'll roll that now. Hello, everybody. I am here with uh, Andy Simmons of Golden Goal Nashville. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thanks for guys for having me on, guys. Or I should say, actually, yeah, guys, we're... since uh, there's only uh, one of you guys uh, today. Yeah, unfortunately, Ben. Well, fortunately for Ben, but unfortunately for me, he's on vacation. So uh, it's just a solo show, which is weird. Uh, I don't. I haven't done a solo interview uh, ever. So we'll see how it goes. He usually uh, sets everything up, but I was able to handle it i'm an adult most of the time we like to pretend so, uh, to be an adult every once in a while yeah exactly exactly so we've got a uh, interesting matchup so i guess two weeks ago was the first time i realized we played nashville a third time uh it doesn't necessarily make sense as a regional rivalry in my opinion because it's like a 10-hour drive <laughs> right but, uh in the leagues eyes, i guess it makes sense well uh, what did you guys think about having Charlotte on the schedule three times when the season started. 
Well, I didn't think we were going to, or I didn't think Nashville was going to play against Louisville four times, but you know, soccer is a weird sport like that where these things kind of panned out. But I think it's interesting too, because it's kind of a way to really build rivalries, you know, new rivalries, mm -hmm. old rivalries, um, you know, Charlotte and Nashville really don't have a rich soccer history. Nashville doesn't really have a rich soccer history with most people, except for, you know, maybe Chattanooga, Memphis, all those other teams. So it's good to kind of build the brand outside of the state of Tennessee to kind of go to places like North Carolina, like Ohio, and play them a couple times. And, you know, I don't know what the logistics are behind scheduling a team three times is usually the normal is two, but that's just the, the way that they set things up. And, I mean, I won't complain about it too much. Yeah, especially considering our recent run of form, I think it's probably a. I guess it's tough going on the road a second time, right? Uh, but but yeah, it is interesting. Um, so let's just kind of dive right in. We haven't played uh, you guys since July, and coincidentally enough, that was our last win. The uh, so the one nil result uh, back on July 11th was our last win, which is hard to believe considering that tomorrow or not tomorrow, but Saturday is the 1st of September. And uh, so it's been quite a tough stretch for Charlotte, but how's Nashville been doing in the meantime? Nashville has had an interesting stretch. So the whole month of July, they only won one game and that one game was against Atlanta United, one, nothing. Every other game they lost or draw, including that tough two, nothing loss against Toronto, but they bounced back again in August, uh, with a tie against Cincy once again. They beat Ottawa 2 nothing. Tied Louisville, uh, nothing, nothing. They lost a really close game against Bethlehem this past Saturday uh, on like a late game winner, but then they just turned around and had, in my opinion, they had their best performance against Richmond, beat them 4 nothing. Just a really all around solid performance from everyone. I think four, five different players from Nashville had over a 90% passing accuracy. Six, if you include, include Brandon Allen, who had 100% passing accuracy, but he came on late into the match and only had uh, two total passes, so he only he connected on both those passes. But, I mean, it still counts for something. I thought it was their best performance, and I think it's kind of a really good sign for Nashville, you know, as they enter this late stretch trying to, you know, get that playoff position. They're back in the playoff position right now in seventh place when there was kind of a lingering doubt after that month of july but they're kind of, they're sitting in seventh place right now with about nine or so games left to go a couple tough ones still on the schedule the next ones are against charlotte north carolina that's a road swing for both them then they host mm -hmm. tampa bay then they host charleston which charleston's been playing really good as well and they've got atlanta united too and then new york red bulls after that to kind of round out the month of september yeah that's uh you know, depending on how the first result goes, it seems like you can kind of build momentum. Uh, but that 4-0 result over over Richmond has got to be huge. Is that the most goals that Nashville scored in a game so far? It is. It is, and it's the it's first – yeah, it's, the, it's, it's also the first time that a player scored more than one goal in a game. Uh, Tucker Hume scored both the goals. Uh, he scored twice in that contest, and actually the last time that a player for Nashville got – a brace was the Mother's Day game whenever Nashville played against Louisville. Leva Meloto had two goals in there. So it's good to see that the offense is flowing and that, you know, they're really starting to click after, you know, that dismal July and things are, they're starting to kind of, you know, the pieces are starting to gather, you know, right at the right time, I would say. 
Yeah, I remember that Nash or that uh, July was a bit of a struggle offensively. I know that was a big talking point amongst the fan base after losing to us one uh, nil. It was just there was no offense there, uh, and we kind of noticed that too. There, there just seemed to be a lack of uh, uh, attacking, not talent, but just it, it just seemed like there was a little bit too much comfort with uh, holding onto the ball in the midfield and not really pressing much in the attacking third. Yeah, so our, our friend Ben Wright, who does the Speedway Soccer Pod, he's partners with us. He does a really good job with uh, XG, the XG stat. And so right now, uh-huh. Nashville's XG stat, if I can pull it up real quick, they've scored 26 goals in 25 games against their XG of 36, which would be 1.04 goals per game. They're up a little bit on the conversion table. They were dead last at one point around the month of July. But after that four-goal game, that kind of, you know, Move them up a little bit and really, you know, kind of help them with their conversion rate. But it's still tough to see, you know, how this team is creating chances, you know, week in and week out. Because, I mean, you know, the Richmond result is nice for them to do that. But Richmond's also a team that Nashville's supposed to beat, especially mm-hmm. at home. At home, and, yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like if Nashville wants to continue that playoff push, we need to see more of that stuff. Maybe not necessarily scoring four goals, but, you know, creating enough chances to where, you know, you could think that, you know, Nashville could score four goals on a, uh, a given basis. Yeah. And, and, you know, you picked a good team to go up against coming off of a four, four nil result. Cause you know, defensively we are in quite a uh, down moment for our defense uh, the last month or so where we've given up three goals, uh, three out of the last five games. Uh, but then we went on the road to Pittsburgh and got a nil-nil result down a man for, you know, the last 30 minutes. So it's been, it's been a weird, uh, it's been a weird season just in general, but the last few games, especially has been weird for us. Uh, we're not usually this terrible defensively. Uh, and then a lot of, you know, in the past we've had the offensive firepower to make up for what we did lack in defense. Uh, but it seems like that is not turning around. We've had, you know, a ton of injuries. We just signed, we had to make two new signings. I think didn't basically. Just get a, yeah, I was about to ask if you didn't y'all just get yeah. a guy on loan, loan from uh, New Mexico. Was it from New yeah. Mexico? Yeah. So I I haven't dug too much into his background. It sounds like he played for Jacksonville this season in the MPSL, mm-hmm. and then maybe he was maybe purchased by USL uh el paso because i don't think they have a team yet i think they're an expansion team that's right uh i and so i think he's just being loaned to us uh to kind of stay fresh and get some minutes and and because we need the bodies i mean we have uh last week we were missing i think six players and all six of them would probably be starters if they were healthy um and if not they'd be one of the first guys off the bench so it's been it's been quite a season is in terms of injury but we also picked up a guy uh i guess off his couch uh who formerly played for sacramento uh he's a defender though i'm not sure if he what what exact position he plays um i was going to dig into that and i so if you're listening to this and you're a charlotte fan i will have that information later for you in the episode i promise <laughs> well you but know yeah, it's been some- it's been quite tough well, sometimes when these new signings show up, you know, it's not like, you know, the information about them is readily available. You kind of have to 
search the the uh, the doldrums of the internet, if you could say so, to really find out some information about these guys. It's not like every soccer player has a Wikipedia page readily available to them. Right, right. And we've had a couple of guys get signed, and you know, transfer market will say they play left back, and then we play them in central midfield. Uh, so that that actually did happen with one of our more high profile signings he's been injured for a while but he was like an outside back at in like europe he played for fc basel uh was teammates with like mo salah on that team uh, oh wow and, and played outside back for most of his career and we we put him right in the smack dab middle of the field which was bizarre to us but he's done pretty well when he's been healthy uh, but he's been out for several games now uh that's just been the way it goes, really, for Charlotte this season. Is once every time we get something going, it, it gets derailed by an injury, and then you know bad performances follow. But uh, I do have a question. I know the Nashville was kind of trying to figure out who their front three was going to be the last time we played. I think they're, they'd been playing several combinations. Has has Gary Smith kind of figured that out? He's on the track, I feel like. I mm-hmm. feel that he has kind of locked down a new forward with Tucker Hume. Hume's just been playing fantastic. He's a guy, because Gary really switched up his formation after the uh, the month of July. He went from a 4-4-2 to a 3-5-2, mm-hmm. where Tucker Hume is mainly the guy up top. And usually there'll be like a Brandon Allen, an Allen Wynn, or someone of that nature right next to him. And then maybe Lebo Meloto sitting right by, uh, under them. But he's decided to sit with Hume because Hume is a guy that has just been such a good presence in the air. And he's also a guy that can really hold up the ball while, you know, midfielders and other forwards and wingers make runs around him. And so he can distribute the ball around uh, into space for those folks. So I think that he might be settled with Tucker Hume uh, so far in the long run. And, you know, it rewarded him with the two goals that he scored against Richmond. He didn't start against Bethlehem, so that might have been, you know, might have raised Gary Smith's eyebrow a little bit that I need to keep this guy in the rotation as much as I possibly can. So he might be settled with Tucker Hume as one of the guys that's like a mainstay up top. But other than that, like his uh, usual striking partner will be a combination of Mensa, Brandon Allen, or Allen Wynn, and maybe even LaGrasse or Maloto every once in a while as well, too. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good that he's starting to kind of figure that out. I know that's tough uh, when you're when you've got several t- talented players, but you got to figure out who's clicking together and that kind of thing. Uh, I know that I know that kind of can slow down an attack, but with four goals, it seems like you might just want to stay with the hot hand. Yeah, and we we had mentioned this on Speedway Soccer podcast as well too. We were trying to kind of dig it up. Nashville has never started the same starting eleven in consecutive games this entire season. So we were curious if Gary Smith just uh, – if he found something, if he was going to stick with that same 11 or if he's going to move one or two pieces around. It turns out that he's still going to keep moving pieces around each time uh, he rolls out a starting 11. But as long as he keeps the same, you know, like core group of players, you know, intact up near the top and, you know, in the defensive area, then I think it will boost bode well for him and his side moving forward. Okay. I don't I don't know that we've played many back to back games with the same starting eleven, uh, but most of that's been due to injury. It'll be interesting to see what we do this week coming off such a tough loss. Uh that that was probably the worst performance in the in club history last weekend. 
uh, both statistically and visually, uh, you know, to lose six, two to your rivals is it, just not ever good. Um, yeah, you had players, players coming out after the game, you know, apologizing to the fans and, and right. the staff, you know, that's, that's tough. That's probably the low point of, of this team. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, cause I mean, we're pretty much out of the playoff race at this point. I know I kind of called that a couple of weeks ago, but you know, once you lose back-to-back games by like three goals or more, you know, in one week, yeah, you're really trying put to you preserve out, bodies. Put you next yeah. And that, and that's kind of going to be interesting. We have probably one of the oldest squads in the league. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they approach the rest of the season. I mean, obviously you don't want to just mail it in with eight games to go, but to an extent you want to start looking at some of the younger guys um, who maybe have been pushing for playing time, who haven't been getting it um, except for in desperation. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what we roll out there. uh, And if some of these injured guys get back or and whatnot, but we haven't really had that much luck with guys coming back. (laughs) Well, hopefully it'll get better for you guys. I, I hope so too. I, I'm confident that the you know Coach Jeffries knows what he's doing, but it's it's really tough when you don't have you, you know your your top eighteen players available uh like ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh but but you know, we'll see. It it's we knew that the uh odds were kind of stacked against us from the start just because we were so far down and then now, you know, we're pretty much out of it. But it'll be fun if we can play spoiler for somebody, maybe. Um, uh, I don't think Nashville's really in too much danger of missing the playoffs unless you guys fall completely you can never, You can never say never with Nashville right now. I've kind of learned that as yeah. the season has progressed right now. There's so many teams where I felt like Nashville has are supposed to win those games. You know, see Toronto against uh, – let me look back. Mostly the Toronto game is the one. I felt like Nashville should have, you know, rolled away with. But that game was under really weird circumstances where uh, half the team didn't get there until, like, the day of due to travel complications. There was a storm in the Appalachian Mountains that night, so they were grounded, and then they got there, and they only had, like, you know, two hours to warm up after getting off the plane for, like, a certain amount amount of hours. So that was weird. Uh, The Ottawa game as well, too. I felt like Nashville should have won that game, Um, the one in July. So there's there's still points to be had for Nashville, but I'm not holding my breath. And any result that they have that's like a negative one, honestly, can't wouldn't surprise me moving forward. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, that's kind of this league in a nutshell. I know last year Toronto, I think, beat every team that held first place. Uh, and then this year it seems like they, they just knocked off uh, someone else this past week, uh, Louisville, 4-1, you know. And so it, teams can at the bottom can jump up and get you uh, at any moment. But it's weird to, to think that we're now one of those teams at the bottom. Uh, but but that's just the reality of it. You know, we 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 beat Cincinnati, you know, absolutely destroyed them at, back in April or May. Uh, and then here we are in like 12th place going into the, the, the home stretch. So, you know, it's 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 a funny league. It's really competitive. Uh, from top to bottom i think that it makes it exciting obviously the playoff race is going to be fantastic to watch right. the stretch those teams fighting for the last two playoff spots uh, two games that be... two games that definitely charlotte needs to win uh the september 15th one against charleston and the september 22nd one against new york red bulls too if 
you guys can knock those two off and not get them give any points to them. I feel like that will definitely help Nashville kind of climb up there and really secure that playoff spot. Yeah, we'll do our best. I, we don't we don't play well in Charleston uh, historically. I don't think we've won there ever. Right. Um, I don't know if we've ever gotten a result there either. Uh, I think typically we we just get beat. They're they're really tough to play against just anywhere, but but even more so at home. Um, but what we'll do our best, I promise. Uh, I think we're gonna go down and have a lot of fun. Uh, do you know if anybody's traveling? Uh, I know last time it was a Wednesday night, so you know we didn't expect any traveling fans. Uh, I'm not sure if there might be a supporters group coming go, coming, but actually that's a hard uh, hard thing to trap or a hard uh, you know trip to travel. It's ten hours away, and you know with college football right. starting up this week, oh that's as true well too. So I feel like a lot of the guys that usually wouldn't make that trip might be sticking around town to watch their respective college football teams, but there well, still will be watch yeah. parties around here as well too. So yeah. you never well, know. If, if they're university of Tennessee fans in Nashville, uh, that are also Nashville SC fans, they could come do a double header because the oh, university yeah, of Tennessee, right. Tennessee plays in Charlotte. Yeah. So they can go to that game in the afternoon and then hit up the, uh, independence at night. If you so. hear, if you're listening, Nashville SC fans, listen to this man. That sounds like a smart move. If you haven't already planned that already, I mean, that sounds. I'm like sure something. there's still tickets available. Yeah, absolutely. Those neutral site games never sell out. Yeah. So, well, it was great to talk to you. Uh, we always do predictions, so I don't know if you're a predictions guy. You have the advantage of of having all the expected goals in front of you. I don't, uh, and I haven't seen if if Ben has put those out. Uh, but normally he's he's pretty accurate. I, I think the last time I saw one of his predictions, I think he got our scoreline spot on. So he uh, said to, he said two nothing Nashville on the last last game against Richmond. I actually think it's going to be one nothing Nashville. I think it's going to be you know with the traveling for them, Nashville still struggles on the road. I think they can can get a point against Charlotte, but I think it's going to be a tough game. And I think that both sides will have their equal fair share of chances. Maybe. You know, one little moment from Nashville might be the make or break decision for them. So I'm going to say one nothing, nothing Nashville. Yeah, I think I think it might be a little more high scoring than that. Uh, just based on the way we've been playing, we've been playing with a lot of energy. We just haven't had the 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 results to kind of back it up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say two one Nashville. Uh, we're still pretty leaky at the back, uh, but but we'll probably get a goal somewhere in there. Fair enough. All right, man. Well, it was great to talk to you, and I, I really appreciate you joining me uh, just kind of last minute. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. I would be more than happy to help you guys out. Now, uh, where can listeners read more of your coverage? Is it Golden Goal? I, f- I forget the URL. Yeah, it's just uh, Nash GoldenGoalNash.com. Follow us on Twitter at Golden Goal. Um, you know, be sure to listen to our friends at Speedway Soccer as well, too. They do a great job. I've been on their podcast a couple of times. They do a really good job of, you know, breaking the games down and whatnot. We'll have a fearless forecast coming out uh, either tomorrow or Saturday morning, you know. And we'll be getting uh, the reactions from myself and some of the Speedway Soccer guys. I don't think – I don't know if Wes is going to make a prediction. He's been kind of busy calling the games for uh, the radio station so he kind of wants to stay and be impartial, you know, and not really make a prediction. But That's we'll be fair. having a yeah, we'll be having a fearless forecast coming out either tomorrow or Saturday morning. So keep your eyes out open for that. All right. Well, I really appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks for having me, Alex. See ya.
Alrighty, everybody, we are back from the interview. Uh, thanks again to Andy for joining me, uh, and I look forward to the match on Saturday. Uh, if you have any comments or concerns, you know where to reach us. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at TalkinJacks. We're at TalkinJacks at gmail.com. Uh, it's the last few days to order the Jorge Herrera t-shirt, so if you want your Jorge Herrera t-shirt from Jack's Militia, go to jacksmilitia.com, uh, and there should be a link somewhere on there. I think it's jacksmilitia.com slash join is the where you can actually see the the design and, and how to order. Um, you can also order the Talkin' Jacks t-shirt. Uh, some of you have gotten it. I've gotten it. It is one of the softest t-shirts I've ever owned. Uh, it can be yours for $20. Um, and it can be found, uh, the link is in the description of the show and it's our pinned tweet on Twitter. So thank you all for listening and come on you jazz.